Remember Jesus, that he ran that race straight to the cross. Remember that he didn't give up. Remember that he didn't shrink back at the moment when it mattered most to us. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. My friends, it is our turn to run that race. Abraham, Moses, David, Jeremiah, Amos, Simeon and Anna, John the Baptist, Peter, Paul, and John the Beloved, Augustine, Wycliffe, Luther, Calvin, Tyndale, John and Charles Wesley, D.S. Warner, Bonhoeffer, C.S. Lewis, Billy Graham, my grandfathers, and a multitude more are in that crowd. It's our turn to run. We are in a three-part series where we're laying out our mission and vision. And last week we talked about our animating principles, the why behind all that we will do. Our animating principles representing our purpose for being. And we talked about three, we talked about three. The, the kingdom, God's redemptive rule and reign over his people. It is displayed in this world through the church, through the people of God who live it out in their purpose, choices, and lives. We talked about our joy. Complete and lasting and fulfilling joy is found only in the kingdom and more specifically in the king, Jesus. It is the joy we find in him that frees us, each one of us, to risk everything for his kingdom and for his glory. And then finally, the gospel, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, one creator God to whom all creatures are accountable and against whom humanity has rebelled. But God acted to restore humanity through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, received through repentance and faith for all who will believe. And all who will believe are now given the task, given the mission to declare this message to the whole world in the time in which they live. These animating principles represent not just inspiration, not just woo, that makes me feel good in the mind and heart, but motivation to move, to act, to run. From the foundation of our animating principles, we will now begin to talk about mission and vision built on top of that. And my friends, mission and vision is all about our future together. Our future together. Now this morning, and maybe for some of you like last week, we're gonna move pretty fast. And at times it may feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. Um, <laughs> But being that this will be our mission and vision going forward, we, we will come back to it over and over again. I promise you. Over time, you will get it all, or you'll see Jesus in the meantime. <laughs> Either way, it'll be awesome. So let's launch into mission. 
Yogi Berra, I believe he was the catcher for the Yankees, and probably, yeah, we'll go with the Yankees. Mike's nodding his head. <laughs> Look for my baseball guy. <laughs> catcher for the Yankees said, if you don't know where you are going, you'll end up somewhere else. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. And a mission statement says where we want to go, what we want to be about. It lays before us what we want to do. Our mission is our purpose for doing. Our animating principles motivate us. They enliven us. They say this is where we're heading, and our mission helps us to hone in on that waypoint. All right, therefore, we want to do these things or be about this. What will we aim for? What moment by moment, day by day, month after month, relentlessly working, entirely committed to seeing it, come to reality? I want to hold before you this mission on the board here and in your books. It is building a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples equipped to bring the gospel to life. Building a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples equipped to bring the gospel to life. Now, I'm gonna fairly quickly move through each one of those parts that make up the whole of the mission statement, beginning with building. Building means that we're a work in progress, y'all. Y'all know that, right? We're a work in progress. The Lord is still working among us. To build something often, especially anything that is complicated or worth building, you oftentimes have to have many hands involved, many skill sets, much knowledge, talent, and ability. Complementary skills are needed. And this idea of building is even a metaphor of scripture that God is building us brick by brick, piece by piece, into his people, his temple, where his presence dwells. We want to be about building, not tearing down, building. But what do we build? A kingdom fellowship. What is a kingdom fellowship? Well, we talked about the kingdom last week, so I wanna focus on the word fellowship, oftentimes misunderstood because fellowship for most, the most part or most people means sit, standing around the donut table outside talking about the weather and what's been going on in your life. And while knowing one another and building relationship is good, fellowship is so much deeper. It comes from the Greek word koinonia. And it's used 19 times in the New Testament. And when it's used, it's translated not only as fellowship, but also as contribution, as sharing, and participation. Fellowship is not about being together. The word koinonia is not about being together, it's about doing together. Not being together, doing together. And in biblical terms, it is only about actively doing God's kingdom work. So as it relates to the Bible, when koinonia is used, it means people who are working together on kingdom work. So we wanna build a kingdom fellowship. That means we're centered around a common theme, a common thing that's held out there between all of us that we're all working towards and moving towards, this kingdom fellowship. Fellowship is a relationship of inner unity among believers that expresses itself in outer co-participation with Christ 
and with one another in accomplishing God's will on this earth. It's an inner unity that we have with one another that expresses itself, shows itself in participation with Christ and his work in seeing his kingdom move forward and his will be done on earth. So we're building a kingdom fellowship, a koinonia of Christ-honoring disciples. And a Christ-honoring disciple is one who is committed to all of life worship. A Christ-honoring disciple is one who is ready and willing to deny themselves and, as Jesus said, take up that instrument of death to self, the cross, put it on our backs, and follow Jesus in both word and works. To be a Christian means to be a disciple. There are no Christians who are not disciples. To be a disciple means that you follow Jesus. And there are no disciples of Christ who are not following Christ. Do we understand? There are no disciples who have not made the honoring of Christ the highest aim of their life and worship. For this is what it means to deny yourself and follow him. There are no Christians who are not disciples. We want to build a kingdom koinonia, a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples who are equipped to bring the gospel to life. Our mission is to equip our people with all they need to both animate, live out, and apply the gospel in every area of their life. The truth is the gospel and its message of, of salvation in Christ alone from sin and rebellion against God, that message, the gospel message, has implications for all of us. Did you know that it has implications for your marriage? That it has implications for your child rearing, how you will raise your children. The gospel speaks to our work practices in our business, how we are as a worker. The gospel has implications in our friendships and in our suffering. Do we suffer well in light of the gospel? The gospel has implications on what we hope for and dream for and how we speak to one another. If I asked you to pull out your phone right now and pull up your calendar, the gospel has something to say about your calendar and how you fill it. The gospel also has something to say about how we spend our resources, both time, energy, and money. How we view school, how we view homemaking, working, retirement, our neighbors, all of it, the gospel has implications. And our mission is to equip God's people with the truth and knowledge and wisdom of the gospel, which is then invigorated by the Holy Spirit within them to change every area, category, or compartment of our lives. We want the gospel message to invade our souls. We want to preach the gospel day and night to ourselves and to those around us and remind them of the truth of the kingdom of God and the good news of the kingdom, which is the gospel. And it will change every area because remember, a disciple is one who denies himself, takes up his cross, and follows Christ. To be 
a Christ-honoring disciple equipped to bring the gospel to life is to do that very thing, to bring it to life and allow it to shape our, our calendar, allow it to shape where our energy's at, how we raise our children, the values which we instill, how we interact with our, our country and our government as citizens. The gospel has something to say about that. As a shorthand for our, our mission, which is building a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples equipped to bring the gospel to life, a shorthand might be something like bringing the gospel to life. We want to be about bringing the gospel to life. That is our mission. That is what we want to aim for, animated by the the reality of the kingdom and our joy in the gospel. We want to aim to bring that gospel to life. And just think about the implications of that. Bring it to life, animate it, put put meat to flesh to the gospel, right? But also bring it to life, bring it to every area of our life. Bring the gospel and let it speak. Vision. Vision. What is vision? Vision is basically categories in which we can think and plan and evaluate that help us stay true to our mission. Categories in which we think and plan and evaluate that help us align and stay true to our mission. Vision allows us to have a common language among us that we can speak about. It also allows for all of us to have something to grab a hold of to say this is what we're about and this is why. Tracing it back through our vision to our mission, to our animating principles, our reason for for being. For us, it is the gospel truth seen in the faces of our fellowship. We're gonna use that as an acronym, FACES, to help us remember. Help us remember what our mission or our vision is. And so I'll lay out all Five, formation, advancement, culture, expansion, and service. Formation, advancement, culture, expansion, service, faces. So let's just take each one of those, and for each one, I'm gonna give you a short description statement that connects with each one, okay? So for the first one, formation. Here's the, the short description statement. Grasping the gospel. Grasping the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. To grasp the gospel through formation is to be equipped to live lives shaped and formed by the gospel. See how this relates back to our mission? Disciples are basically apprentices. Disciples are apprentices of what? Of Jesus and the Jesus way. And therefore, as apprentices, we are to practice daily and live out daily Jesus' way. Formation is our dedication as a fellowship to equipping disciples or making disciples who equip disciples. Equipping disciples who equip disciples. 
not only at an institutional level. Oh, this is not, oh, that sounds really great, preacher man. Looks like you got your work cut out for you. No, 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 no. Matthew 28 is not to preacher man. It's to all of us. Matthew 28 is to go make disciples of this world. And that is a call to each and every one of us. So it's not just at an institutional level. It is helping us to be equipped and ready to make disciples one-to-one. Beginning with those who are closest to us. And working its way out there. It's a call to every individual disciple. Remember, there are no believers who are not disciples. It's a call to every individual disciple believer, to honor and obey by making disciples. And this is about teaching and instructing and walking alongside, sharing life and encouraging one another toward all of life worship, helping one another to walk it out. We become a part of that crowd of witnesses around one another. You can do it, fix your eyes, Drop that baggage, it's too heavy. Let go of that sin. Keep running, keep staying. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Remember, don't give up. This is our call. Gospel formation. Helping one another grasp the gospel. Number two, advancement. Advancement, the short Description statement for advancement is declaring the gospel. Declaring the gospel. So we began with formation, grasping the gospel. We moved to, to advancement, declaring the gospel. To declare the gospel through advancement is to be Christ's ambassador, right? As 2 Corinthians 5 says, it is an appeal to all people, imploring them to be reconciled to God. Not just about forming those within the church who have already committed to following Christ and us helping one another, becoming a part of that cheerleading squad, helping moving them along. It's now about turning out and saying, hey, you, be reconciled to God. I implore you. It is to believe the word when it says that the gospel is the power of God. To believe that truly and through... Thoroughly, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for anyone who will believe. And this takes the form as a fellowship of a commitment to two things. Evangelism, and a really quick short definition of evangelism is speaking the gospel to anyone. It's important to lay out that evangelism is speaking the gospel message. It's not just loving, it's not just doing things that you know, care for people. Evangelism is about speaking the gospel message to people. And number two, missions. Evangelism and missions. Missions, a short definition, is simply evangelism, speaking the gospel to anyone, but doing it cross-culturally. When we cross cultural bounds like language, time and place, geography, we are engaged in missions. Advancement will take the form of two, evangelism and missions. Advancement means that we as a fellowship are going to actively pursue, be pursuing the proliferation of the gospel. We're going to be actively looking for the gospel to grow and expand in those around us, beginning with those in our immediate circle of influence. 
your friends, family, neighbors, but then going outward to our city, our state, our nation, and to the world. We are going to learn together how to share our faith. I I know some of you are probably going, uh, where's the exit, right? He's talking about sharing my faith. I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. That's for someone else. I'm telling you a part of this is that we're gonna learn together how to do that. If you're afraid or if that causes all sorts of anxiety and fear, fear not. You will not be sent out like a sheep to the slaughter. Not yet. (laughs) But you will learn and we will grow together to learn how do I effectively share my faith? How do I share my faith with those who are closest? How do I share my faith with my neighbors? How do I continue to grow in my understanding of the gospel and grasping the gospel through formation so that I can better communicate the gospel through advancement? Amen? We are going to support and we are going to participate in the gospel's reach across cultural boundaries as well. We as a fellowship are going to make opportunities to get on airplanes and to go to places to serve alongside of our brothers and sisters in foreign countries. We're going to do that. We are going to tell stories of what God is doing throughout the nations and peoples and see our own faith grow as we hear those stories of what God is doing across this world. We are going to put our money where our mouth is and we're going to provide for orphaned, abandoned, and discarded children around the world, ensuring that they are provided for, they are loved, and that they receive the good news of Jesus Christ. I hope it doesn't sound like a weighty law, but it sounds like a gospel opportunity for us to get an opportunity to learn, to grow, to share, for us to get an opportunity to love those in other places with the gospel. And you may be going, okay, these are all theoretical. Again, to Nick's point, as he said, what's the specifics? What are we actually doing? That's next week. So everyone needs to come next week (laughs) to get all those and bring someone along with you. I wanna lay out the foundation so that when we say what we're doing, we understand the context. I'm a big context context guy. Why are we doing that? Why are we going there? Because we're about evangelism, advancement. Why are we about advancement? Because we're building a kingdom community of Christ-honoring disciples who are equipped to bring the gospel to life. Well, why that? Because the kingdom and our joy in the gospel compels us and moves us to do those things. Do you see We'll get to the specifics, but for now, formation, advancement, and number three, culture. Culture is about embodying the gospel. Embodying the gospel. In case you didn't know, if you are a Christian, a believer, you are an exile in this world. You are an exile. What does that mean? Well, that means that this world is not your homeland. And the kingdoms and nations of this world are not ours to belong to. They're not ours. It means that we are aliens and strangers wherever we may find ourselves. And so we have to grapple with how do we live in that reality? 
How are we to live in our neighborhoods and cities as exiles? Well, if the, if the gospel truly has implications for every area of our life, then we have to apply it here as well. In uh, the book of Jeremiah 29, speaking to the exiled people of Israel, it says this, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may also have sons and daughters. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. To embody the gospel through culture is the effect that a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples has on the people and the community and the environment around them. Remember before in advancement, I said advancement through evangelism or through missions is particularly and specifically about speaking the gospel. The gospel must be spoken using words. But through culture is where we would love and care and pray for the peace of our community. It's where we would engage with our community, not necessarily in spoken word, but serving them and serving alongside of them to love them and show what it means to be, what it means to encounter a kingdom fellowship of people, what it means for us to live in this world as exiles. This includes our activity within the community immediately surrounding the church right here. This will primarily be a, te a teaching tool when we serve the community around the church because most of us don't live here. We all have communities we go home to. But here on this place and in this neighborhood and community, we can use this as a teaching opportunity where together we can serve shoulder to shoulder, serving and loving this community with the hopes that it moves each one of you to take that work home to your community and to do it with your neighbors and in the place where you live. We will care for our community. We're gonna seek its peace. We're going to pray for it. We will work for biblical justice, not the world's perverted idea of social justice. We will walk the streets. We will pray for the homes. And then we'll come back and we'll pick up our rakes and our mowers and our blowers and we'll go love our neighbors. We will find the lowliest, outcast, the homeless, and we will get on our knees and serve them. We will provide opportunities to let people see our good deeds with the prayer that one day they will glorify God when he returns. Amen? Next is expansion. Planting the gospel. Planting the gospel. To plant the gospel through expansion is this. It, and, and I believe that wherever the gospel is preached, wherever we're living the way that we've talked about so far, in being formed and grasping the gospel, advancing the gospel through evangelism and missions, uh, in being involved in the culture around us and loving them and displaying the gospel by embodying it, wherever that happens, disciples are made and equipped. And wherever disciples are made and equipped and people are attracted to Christ through his people and they become disciples of Christ, well, local fellowships then must multiply. They must multiply their work 
and the work of the kingdom in the community. And so what we are saying, and, and, and just kind of a side note, this is not just me coming up and saying this. The board has been in discussion, the board of servant leaders here at the church have been in discussion and prayerfully considering this vision for quite some time now. And this is just where we get a chance to kind of lay it out to you. And we are excited to say that off of those things, we will move to a place eventually where expansion will be in order. The multiplying of the kingdom work. In other words, planting churches. Planting churches. Planting new fellowships. And we want to bake that into the cake right up front. We want to put that right into our DNA as a fellowship. Knowing that, hey, you might look around and go, uh... You notice that half the seats aren't full in here, right? How are we going to be planted in another church? It's okay. We're not doing it tomorrow. We recognize that. We see that. But we also know that if we don't aim for it, we won't arrive there. And so we want to put it right into the DNA of our fellowship and say that as kingdom people, as kingdom people who are on mission, that this will be necessary at a point in time. And we want to be ready for it. We want to plan and prepare in advance. Remember Yogi Bear? If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. We're saying we're going this way. We want to end up there. And we're going to be diligent and we're going to be wise and prudent disciples. We will make plans ahead of time and we'll work to see them fulfilled in God's timing. We don't put the power into the gospel to do this. We don't add the power to the gospel to multiply, right? It's got the power on its own. But we can be useful in making spaces for the gospel to grow in people's lives. And that's what we want to be about. I mean, even yesterday, we gathered together, those who were able, and we spent some time cleaning out the church, continuing our saga of dumpsters and trips to uh, Goodwill and wherever else we could do to get this place ready. We don't have a specific, oh, by this date, this place will be full. We're just believing in faith that if we make spaces for the gospel to work, it will work. And we'll aim for that. And we'll continue to work for that and be diligent, wise, and prudent. And finally, service. Service is about modeling the gospel. To model the gospel through service is particularly about a commitment as a fellowship to identify, equip, and commission leaders. This is about leadership development. We as a, as a, as a congregation would be committed to lead this fellowship from a servant leader posture. Jesus told his disciples, right, that the Gentiles lead by lording it over those who are their subjects, but not so you. If any of you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become a servant to all. And so we want to be committed to raising up servant leaders within our fellowship. Not just when it's time to elect the next person to fill a role on a board, but all the time, be looking and identifying who has leadership potential and raise them up to be servant leaders in the kingdom of God. Every movement, whether big or small, must have qualified leaders who can safeguard the mission and vision from unintentional drifting, right? There's always drift. 
Oh, you're gonna, your mission's going to drift over here. Your vis- great opportunity over here. We should do this. We should do that. We need leaders who can safeguard mission and vision from unintentional drift, who can model the faith. They can say with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. And their life and behavior and their faith, they can show what is expected of a disciple of Christ, knowing that they are flawed and failing humans, but nonetheless, that the Holy Spirit, according to Acts and and other places in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is a part of that appointing of leadership. And we want to be in tune to that and looking for leaders in our fellowship. As well as those who can teach and preserve sound doctrine. Because we don't want unintentional doctrinal drift either. The world is full of those stories in churches and movements where doctrine goes sideways. We want leaders, servant leaders, who can do these things for our fellowship. But also this feeds into the previous one, expansion. We'll need plenty of leaders when the time comes for us to multiply the gospel work. Faces, formation, advancement, culture, expansion, and service is the fleshing out of our mission. It is the way we will build a kingdom fellowship of Christ-honoring disciples who are equipped to bring the gospel to life. It will be our plumb line, our level, our compass, to evaluate whether or not we are being true, whether or not we are on target. Whatever opportunities arise for us as a congregation, we will ask questions like, does it align with our mission and vision? Or is this the best use of our time, our talent, and resources for accomplishing our mission and vision? Animated by our principles, the kingdom, our joy, and the gospel, and focused on our mission to bring the gospel to life, and aligning with our mission by our vision through formation, advancement, culture, expansion, and service. Next week, we'll take and we'll build the next layer on that, which is what does all this mean at a ground level? What are we going to do? For some of you, your hands are itching. Put your hands to the work. Put your hands to the plow. We're gonna give plenty of plows next week for all of us to do the work of the kingdom and see the gospel advance.